Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Good morning and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about Respawn Entertainment's new, somewhat leaked video game, which should be pretty much public knowledge by the time you see this video, Apex Legends. If you're not familiar with Respawn Entertainment, these are the folks that fled from Infinity Ward after uh, getting into a dispute with Activision on their Call of Duty franchise, and they went on to essentially start the Titanfall franchise. And after Titanfall and Titanfall 2 were published under the Electronic Arts brand, Electronic Arts uh, essentially snapped them up, and they are now a subsidiary of Electronic Arts, and apparently have been working for some time on their own entry into the Battle Royale genre, which they are calling Apex Legends, in which we are told from leaks and, and otherwise on Twitter yesterday, uh, doesn't involve any Titans, uh, which is an interesting choice to make from the Titanfall universe. One would think that the Titans are pretty definitive elements of that universe, but to each his own, and, and perhaps when they finally show footage of this later today, uh, it'll look absolutely amazing. But what I wanted to talk to you about today uh, is in the nature of the Federal Trade Commission and advertising compliance, because what has been leaked uh, is uh, how Apex Legends has been marketed so far, which since the game doesn't exist in the public eye, you might be asking yourselves, what, is, what does marketing really mean? But as it turns out, what appears to have happened is that late last week, uh, they flew out some streamers, some uh, quote-unquote influencers, uh, to talk about the game, to, to talk about the game on Twitter uh, and otherwise. Uh, and so I think what we should do is we should take a look at the, the articles that have been written about Apex Legends. Uh, we should talk about what the Federal Trade Commission does. Uh, how that influences how people talk about things on social media like Twitter, uh, and where uh, these influencers, these folks that have gotten their hands on the Apex Legends demo at one of these Electronic Arts events, are maybe not entirely in compliance with what the requirements are for essentially fair truth in advertising uh, that the, the Federal Trade Commission requires. Uh, and so that's really the purpose of this video. So let's uh, jump into one of these articles that talks about what's happening here with Apex Legends. And we see here an article from Games Radar from about 13 hours ago, so February 3rd, 2019. Responses Vince Zampella teases Battle Royale game Apex Legends news for Monday. And right now there's a Twitch stream that is counting down to a public reveal in about an hour from now. Uh, and this article goes on to say, you'll want to keep one eye on Respawn's Twitch channel tomorrow because after a weekend of wild rumors and leaks, the studios' Vince Zampella has promised all will be revealed about new Battle Royale game Apex Legends tomorrow morning. Looks like everything is unlocked now. Fun! So if you like Respawn, our games, or even me, you should tune in tomorrow. This is Vince Zampella's Twitter. Back to the article. News first leaked after a number of influencers got to see the game last week, and according to a series of tweets... 
The Battle Royale game is free-to-play, will feature three-player teams in 60-player matches, heroes with unique abilities, and will be released on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. While it sounds like it's set in the Titanfall universe, it won't star any Titans. And here we have a Twitter uh, entry from Dr. Disrespect, who's a pretty famous uh, streamer and influencer. Tomorrow you can expect to see a new AAA Battle Royale by Respawn and the two-time absolutely dominating it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twitter, what can I say? Uh, hashtag Apex Partner, and that's the hashtag they're basically using to promote the Apex Legends name right now is, is, is Apex Partner. So if you go on Twitter, and we're going to look at a generalized Twitter search for the Apex Partner tag uh, shortly, those are the folks that generally got flown out, although some people who haven't been flown out and who are just excited about seeing the game today are using that hashtag, making this analysis a little bit more complicated. But after that Apex Partner hashtag in Dr. Disrespect's Twitter entry, you see another hashtag, hashtag ad, which stands for advertising. And so Dr. Disrespect has basically done everything correctly here. He's actually positioned his tweet right now as saying, hey, this was sponsored. I received money for this. I received perks for this. Uh, and it's an advertisement. Uh, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about why that appears, what the requirements are, what the law is, and why uh, we see a number of influencers that are probably running afoul of it right now uh, and not using the ad tag, not using the sponsored tag in a way that the Federal Trade Commission generally doesn't like. So let's take a look at that Twitter feed with the Apex Partner search done. Uh, and we can see uh, we've got some Apex Partner hashtags. Uh, in about an hour from now, lots of questions will be answered. Hashtag Apex Partner. Uh, we're about to slam an amazing back workout. Get prepared for a fight. Apex Partner. Play Apex. Um, it's very difficult to see who on this list was at the streaming event. You can assume things like, you know, Force Horses of the Adpocalypse app, Apex Partner. Yes, it's true. There's a brand new uh, Battle Royale game by Respawn coming out tomorrow. And yes, I'm obviously better than Phase Apex already. Hashtag Apex Partner. So that's one that appears to have been at this event that just hashtagged Apex Partner. You don't see a hashtag for ad. You don't see an a hashtag for sponsor or, or sponsored content or anything that is very specifically related to advertising. And I think when I looked at this uh, last night, when I looked at this over the weekend, uh, and when it was a little bit more clear before this was as populated as it is just from the news kind of leaking out uh, who had been uh, invited on that trip and, and who was just tweeting the Apex Partner tag because that's what they were told. And we see here another one so insanely excited for the new Battle Royale game. I'm already better than Shroud and Dr. Disrespect, Apex Partner. Uh, and not ad. And you see here Brian Crescenti actually following up on this saying hashtag ad question mark uh, because he is aware of the Federal Trade Commission rules and is following this story as well as I am. Um, that these folks who were flown down, and you can see just in some of these pictures that there were a number of them, uh, don't appear to be saying ad for the most part. Dr. Disrespect is really the only Twitter uh, entry that I have seen with the ad hashtag. And that doesn't mean other people haven't been putting that on there. I couldn't pretend to know all the influencers that got sent over here, all the streamers. Uh, I just don't uh, follow them that much. Uh, and so I do think it's worth talking about why people have to put ad, what the law is behind that, and, and why uh, this event in particular absolutely runs uh, afoul of the FTC rules, that this should have required an ad hashtag from these folks who aren't necessarily using lawyers, aren't necessarily watching their exposure risks, aren't handling their liability issues, and aren't really paying attention to this. Although one would hope 
if they are in the business of quote unquote influencing or otherwise streaming their activities, making money, making a living doing this, that they would take the time to spend a couple hours of at least going through the most salient FTC engagement and endorsement guidelines for their own kind of line of work. But that's what this video is for, and that's why you're here on virtual legality. So maybe some of these streamers and influencers will watch this video and they'll know next time they're flown somewhere to put a hashtag ad or put a hashtag sponsored because that's what the law requires. So let's take a look at what the Federal Trade Commission actually does. And we're going to look at their own description on their own website first. And you see here it says, Truth in advertising. When consumers see or hear an advertisement, whether it's on the internet, radio, or television, or anywhere else, federal law says that ad must be truthful, not misleading, and when appropriate, backed by scientific evidence. The Federal Trade Commission enforces these truth in advertising laws, and it applies the same standards no matter where an ad appears, in newspapers and magazines, online, in the mail, or on billboards or buses. The FTC looks especially closely at advertising claims that can affect consumers' health or their pocketbooks, claims about food, over-the-counter drugs, dietary supplements, alcohol, and tobacco, and on conduct related to high-tech products and the internet. The FTC also monitors and writes reports about ad industry practices regarding the marketing of alcohol and tobacco. When the FTC finds a case of fraud perpetrated on consumers, the agency files actions in federal district court for immediate and permanent orders to stop scams, prevent fraudsters from perpetrating scams in the future, freeze their assets, and get compensation for victims, uh, which is the, the worst case scenario when clients are asking me about these things, whether it's with the IRS or the FTC or the SEC. You know, they, they always tend to put in their descriptions, what are the really bad things we can do? And they absolutely have this authority to do this kind of thing. Uh, but when we talk about, hey, is that streamer that I like going to be thrown in jail or have their assets frozen uh, because they failed to put hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored on their tweet? The answer in general, and again, this, this video is not legal advice, uh, is, is no. For the most part, we're talking about things that you can correct, footfall type situations, seatbelt violations where, yes, they can get you, they can, they can have fines, they can make your life troubling. Uh, and certainly, you don't want to run afoul of these agencies if you can avoid it. But we're not usually talking about a systemic fraud that is being perpetrated when we're talking about things like influencers not putting hashtags on their tweets. It's a matter of complying with the law because that's what the law says and because you don't want the, uh, the FTC or any of the other uh, letter agencies coming after you. Uh, but it's not really the case that they're necessarily going to come at you with all of these weapons at their disposal. But if you sit in my office and we're talking about the weapons they do have at their disposal, then yes, we would list these things because these are the things that they can do. And you want to make sure that you don't give them uh, the, the ammo to do it to you. So let's take a look at the actual letter of the law here, uh, because that's important as well. This is how the FTC interprets its own mission, and it's, and it's roughly correct. Uh, but the actual law is where it gets its, its authority. This is what the legislature passed to give the FTC that power. Uh, and we see here, we're looking at the, the commerce and trade section of uh, the, the United States Code. Uh, and it says here, unfair methods of competi competition in or affecting commerce and unfair or deceptive acts or practices in or affecting commerce are hereby declared unlawful. And if you're not used to reading statutes, you'll probably know that sentence is enormously vague uh, and doesn't really say anything about what is actually unlawful. Unfair methods of competition and unfair or deceptive acts or practices. And this is a kind of standard approach that the legislature often takes when they don't want to dive deep 
into the politics of specific situations when they don't want to talk about uh, things directly that might impact either their own constituents or another person's constituents or that might give their political opponents some leverage against them. They essentially say, okay, uh, we can all agree that this is unfair. We don't like bad things. Uh, And so we are going to empower a commission uh, to essentially decide what the bad things are and to do the things that we want protected. So we say a generalized thing is illegal unfair competition, unfair and deceptive acts or practices, they're they're unlawful. And then the second section says the commission, which is the FTC, and I didn't bring that statute up, but it basically just defines the FTC and how the board is picked and things like that. Uh, The commission is hereby empowered and directed to prevent persons, partnerships, or corporations, except banks, savings, and loan institutions described later on in the title and other kind of exempt bodies who are otherwise covered by other regulatory measures. Uh, they are fr- uh, empowered and directed to prevent those folks from using unfair methods of competition in or affecting commerce and unfair deceptive acts or practices in or affecting commerce. So copying the first paragraph, you say, all right, this is illegal. And then we are empowering and directing this other body to essentially make sure that people can't do these illegal things. And for the most part, that's all this law winds up saying is it, it It directs the commission on how it's to operate uh, and how rules are to be promulgated, which is a fun legal word, which means making rules under a law. Uh, But it doesn't otherwise give specific details. It leaves that to the Federal Trade Commission. And one of the things the Federal Trade Commission winds up doing is they wind up creating guides. They wind up creating uh, essentially things for the public eye to help direct them and how they're to operate to make sure they don't run afoul of these rules. And one of those things that they have put out is called their endorsement guides. And we're going to look at those right now. And again, like all my other videos, all of these links will be in the description uh, and you can check them out on your own. And I highly recommend you do so because there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. Uh, So taking a look at the FTC's endorsement guides, it says, the FTC's endorsement guides, what people are asking. And I've highlighted a few sections here. Uh, Like most government documents, this is a very, very long, very in-depth set of uh, commentary, set of rules, set of not quite regulations, but things that should be used to regulate your own activities if you're in these fields. And so I've highlighted these sections just to talk specifically about the Apex Legends issue, because I think that's what's really interesting about what's happened this past uh, this past weekend. Uh, so the first part that I've highlighted here says, uh, in addition, the guides say if there's a connection between an endorser and the marketer that consumers would not expect, and it would affect how consumers evaluate the endorsement, that connection should be disclosed. For example, if an ad features an endorser who's a relative or employee of the marketer, the ad is misleading unless the connection is made clear. The same is usually true if the endorser has been paid or given something of value to tout the product. The reason is obvious. Knowing about the connection is important information for anyone evaluating the endorsement. So again, kind of a broad strokes rule here. If there's a connection between the person that is making an endorsement of a product, uh, like an Apex partner, uh, and the, the marketer, then it should be disclosed because the FTC is trying to get at, hey, if you're saying something about a product or service and it would be useful to a reasonable person to know uh, something about your connection with the provider of that product or service, and that would influence their thoughts on the essentially unbiasedness or balance of your commentary on that product or service, then you should disclose it. And it's pretty kind of common sense approach. Uh, but it's something that you can see on the on the Twitter feeds of the influencers and streamers that didn't put ad, didn't put sponsored uh, on their tweets uh, and, and on their references to the Apex event, that it's not something that's followed by everyone. Uh, and so I want to talk about 
as this guide says, why it's so clear that what we're talking about with that event is something that requires that disclosure. So again, we go into the section now of this guide that says, when does the FTC Act apply to endorsements? The FTC is only concerned about endorsements that are made on behalf of a sponsoring advertiser. For example, an endorsement would be covered by the FTC if an advertiser or someone working for an advertiser pays you or gives you something of value to mention a product. If you receive free products or other perks with the expectation that you'll promote or discuss the advertiser's products in your blog, you're covered, meaning the FTC Act covers you and you have to comply with it. Uh, And we see, if that's not obvious enough, another entry in this guide that says, I'm a blogger, which we can use for for Twitterer or Instagrammer or Snapchatter or whatever, uh, and a company wants me to attend the launch of its new product, uh, which... Apex Legends didn't launch last week, but certainly that's the nature of this type of event. They had people attend a private screening session for their product. They, this, this question goes on to say, they will fly me to the launch and put me up in a hotel for a couple of nights. They aren't paying me or giving me anything else. If I write a blog sharing my thoughts about the product, should I disclose anything? Yes. Knowing that you received free travel and accommodations could affect how much weight your readers give to your thoughts about the product. So you should disclose that you have a financial relationship with the company. Full stop. Uh, And that is absolutely what happened here. Folks were flown out. Folks were put up. I'm not sure whether hotel stays were involved, but certainly travel was involved for a number of these folks. Uh, And to the extent that even... Uh, access is a kind of perk for these people when, for instance, I believe the journalists are still on an embargo until the the public display of Apex Legends is made uh, later on today. Those things absolutely have value. They have value to putting eyeballs on your Twitter feed, on your Twitch streams, on whatever else it is that you're doing as an influencer. And so when the FTC says, hey, people would be interested to know that this happened, so you should disclose it, um, then you really should disclose it if you're in this position on the on the Apex Legends Apex Partner kind of hashtag that were flown out to this event. Uh, and on that note, Apex Partner might sound to you like something that is close enough that sounds like, hey, maybe that should be understood to mean I was involved with Respawn, I was involved with Electronic Arts. Apex Partner kind of means that I was consulting. People can read that. The FTC has some commentary on that as well. Uh, and so we look at... The next section of the endorsement guide that I want to point out, which is how should I disclose that I was given something for my endorsement? And it says, what about a platform like Twitter? How can I make a disclosure when my message is limited to 140 characters? So you can already see kind of the age of the guides and the way that the the government handles it. This isn't updated for 280 characters. Uh, It probably will be at some point, but it's not actually important to this messaging. So they probably didn't see it as a priority to change. Here's their answer. The FTC isn't mandating the specific wording of disclosures. However, the same general principle that people get the information they need to evaluate sponsored statements applies across the board, regardless of the advertising medium. The words sponsored and promotion use only nine characters. So we're going to stop their answer right there. Uh, They are not specifying specific words. However, whenever a government agency or any other kind of body that has a regulatory authority over you says, hey, we're not giving you magic words. However, we're going to reference a number of words in this answer. You can interpret those at least, if if not a full safe harbor, at least not a full protection that says you're complying with this regulation as pretty darn close. 
So when they say the word sponsored and promotion use only nine characters, it's pretty safe to assume you can use hashtag sponsored, you can use hashtag promotion to get to the effect the FTC wants here. Going on with their answer, they says paid ad only uses seven characters. Starting a tweet with ad colon or hashtag ad, which takes only three characters, would likely be effective. And here you see another part of the guide where they're not committing entirely. There could be a situation where hashtag ad is not effective to portray that something is an ad. Maybe if it's a game that has the uh, the initials AD or something like that. So they're not, they don't want to limit their ability to enforce a, a violation if it proves to be one of those situations. But for the most part, hashtag ad is deemed to be effective. You can also see that in the guide, they actually say starting a tweet with hashtag ad when the one that we saw from Dr. Disrespect and, and kind of the normal operating procedure is to end uh, with hashtag ad is not fully compliant with even their answer here, but it's probably still effective for the most part in terms of people being able to see that and know that promotion was involved. The next answer goes even further on this. You just talked about putting ad at the beginning of a social media post. What about ad at or near the end of a post? We're not necessarily saying that hashtag ad has to be at the beginning of a post. The FTC does not dictate where you have to place the hashtag ad. What the FTC will look at is whether it is easily noticed and understood. So although we aren't saying it has to be at the beginning, it's likely less it's less likely to be effective in the middle or at the end. Indeed, if hashtag ad is mixed in with links or other hashtags at the end, some readers may just skip over all of that stuff, which is a problem for the Dr. Disrespect tweet that we saw, which says Apex Partner and then ad. And it's pretty easy to skip over if you're kind of glazing over all the hashtags at the end of a Twitter uh, entry or in particular in my experience on Instagram where it's, you know, 30 hashtags or something along those lines. Uh, but we wanted to talk about the Apex Partner issue, and that's where we see one of their other answers, which says, would hashtag ambassador or brand dash ambassador work in a tweet? The use of ambassador is ambiguous and confusing. Many consumers are unlikely to know what it means. By contrast, hashtag XYZ ambassador will likely be more understandable where XYZ is a brand name. However, even if the language is understandable, a disclosure also must be prominent so it will be noticed and read. So my guess is that the electronic arts slash respawn folks thought that putting the word apex in front of partner makes it more obvious and maybe arguably falls under the umbrella of this particular FTC answer, that apex ambassador could be interpreted to mean some kind of uh, advertising or consulting or sponsored relationship. To my mind, that doesn't really work because what the FTC is talking about here is XYZ being a brand name and Apex really isn't a brand name. It's not Titanfall. Apex as a game name didn't really exist before Apex Legends. It did exist, I think, in universe. I think Apex was a name in the Titanfall universe. I can't honestly fully remember, but it's not saying Electronic Arts Ambassador, which is really closer, or even Respawn Ambassador. Titanfall Ambassador might be uh, something that the FTC would accept as a brand name, uh, but Apex Ambassador or Apex Partner really doesn't rise to that level to my eye. And so you are talking about something that shouldn't get the benefit of, of being treated as an advertisement, in my opinion. Uh, but that might be what they're trying to fall under. Uh, and so that's what the FTC really says about this issue. That's why when you see Instagram, when you see Twitter, uh, you do see those hashtag ads. You can be assured when you do see those that some money exchanged hands, whether that's in the form of a trip or free access uh, or a free product or something else. That's why those are things are appearing. This is what the FTC says about that. And this is why what we are actually seeing out of the, the Apex Partner uh, Twitter stream 
isn't something uh, that seems to be compliant with those FTC rules. Uh, going back to those tweets, uh, we see uh, nothing from here from ad. Uh, perhaps we can find something else on uh, Shroud here saying, uh, all right, Broys, the corp is allowing me to reveal some of the super secret stuff from Thursday's super secret LA trip. This Monday, we'll be stomping in an all-new Battle Royale by Respawn. Maybe these guys will be there, too. That is all hashtag Apex partner. Uh, and so, you know, this is another tweet where we see there wasn't an ad disclosed. There wasn't a sponsorship disclosed. There wasn't a promotion disclosed. Um, you know, the fact that the actual tweet is about the trip uh, maybe is uh, maybe is acceptable. And these are the kinds of questions that you can ask uh, if you wound up getting an FTC letter uh, that says you're not in compliance with one of these kinds of things. Uh, but it is worth noting, it is an interesting part of the Apex Legends disclosure. It's going to become uh, more and more a part of our lives as we proceed through 2019 and onward because you are seeing these video game companies market through influencers as much or more uh, as kind of the journalistic output, uh, whether that's Kotaku or Variety or, or Game Daily Biz or wherever else you're finding your game news, uh, these folks are finding that influencers and streamers uh, and, and YouTube personalities are, are either more or as effective as kind of the traditional media outlets. And so you are going to see this more and more. And certainly my recommendation to these streamers, to these uh, Twitter folks, to these Twitch folks, uh, is to become... Uh, more aware of the FTC guidelines, because as this becomes more prominent, the FTC's eye is going to turn towards this practice. Uh, as this becomes uh, the, the, the norm, that's when these kinds of government agencies start to really look into things. And especially if a competitor or if one of these companies decides to say, hey, we're not really happy with how this was done. We're not really happy with how Electronic Arts or Respawn kind of hid the ball on what was happening here. And so we think you should come down on them for essentially telling people that they can just use the Apex Partner hashtag and not telling them that they needed to declare their post as sponsored. EA being the deep pockets here and not the Twitch streamer in general. Uh, you might see some of these more kind of corporate battles or corporate wars happen uh, over these kinds of things. That tends to be when the regulation really happens, when the, when the agencies really step in. Uh, but for now, influencers, Twitter folks, Twitch streamers could really just protect themselves by being a little bit more uh, obvious with their advertising relationships, uh, with the fact that they do have these kinds of sponsored uh, posts, these kinds of free access. And I think a number of them are, are pretty good at it. I just did note this weekend that a lot of them didn't seem to disclose what needed to be disclosed on this trip, and that's a shame. Um, so uh, that's what I have to say about this topic. Thank you very much for joining me in virtual legality. If you like this video, please do like, please subscribe to my channel. Uh, we go over a lot of this stuff, whether it's in the video game sector, information technology, software, digital, or any other kind of legal or business issue which catches my eye. And I do these videos uh, pretty often. Uh, and so if you like them, please subscribe. And I think, you'll be, uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. So have a great start to your week. And thank you so very much for watching.